Ladies and gentlemen, it's time we have some real fun over here. My name is Tyler Rucker, and I'm running the show this week for No Ceilings, after the less cooler Tyler decided to have himself some load management. For this episode, myself and Albert Gim are live from Las Vegas. After taking in two days of hoops at the Good Sam Empire Classic, Albert and I are giving our thoughts about some of the top NBA draft prospects from powerhouse teams such as UCLA and Gonzaga. We also take a deep dive into what we are looking at when it comes to prospect evaluation, and Albert randomly decides to go on a vent about the New York Knicks? Weird. Buckle up because this is a fun one. Make sure you stay tuned for part two, which features our post-game reactions to the UCLA-Gonzaga showdown. For now, let's have some fun. This town is a lonely town welcome ladies and gentlemen to the third episode of no ceilings podcast i am tyler rucker tyler metcalf has been cut due to lack of hustle but this is a special episode because i'm live with my boy albert gim albert how are we doing we are in vegas We are in Las Vegas checking out some college hoops. Mm. Notably, we're getting prepared tonight for the big one. It is UCLA Gonzaga. We yeah. feel like kids on Christmas right now. We're here for the big one and the big boy and the big thing. We're excited. We're a lot ready of, to A lot roll. of big things in <laughs> Vegas. Everything's bigger. I just want to say it feels good to get the Supermax from Rucker and to be here and to take Metcalf's spot. Uh, Metcalf, you are inferior to me. <laughs> that's why i'm here <laughs> but the, the good part about this is we're kind of switching it up you know ty's got the ball roll and yeah. now we're kind of pitch hitting you know he's been traveling so this is special though because last night was the first game of the sam empire classic we got to take a look at you know ucla and zaga as well as some of the other teams central michigan and bellarmine and we've got to get a closer look at some of these top prospects and it's exciting for those that don't know this is the first time i've ever actually met albert in person mm. so it was kind of crazy to go all of a sudden to Vegas and watch right. hoops with a complete stranger to share a room, to share a room. <laughs> which I already regret, but <laughs> no. So let's, let's just talk about it. We're getting excited for the game tonight. It's mm. one versus two in the country, big names on the draft world. What did you think? First time we kind of got to see Chet in person and a lot of other guys, but who do you want to start with? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I thought we were going to jump into central Michigan and talk about, you know, that, that guy Lopez jr. And a bunch you loved of, him. He was fun. He, he was, was actually fun. pretty fun. But okay, we should start with the headline, right? We'll go with the big boy, uh, with the big game, and the well, big... Which, which, which big game? I, I think you're teasing <sighs> me right now. Which way do you want to go? Let's go Chet. Let's start let's with go, Chet. Let's start yeah. with Chet. We're here for the listeners. They want to hear about Chet. Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. I It's hard to say. Like it, It's funny. You know, when you fall in love with another human being, it's, it's, it's a magical experience. You know, as Rucker is currently in love and... I've been in love with my wife for the last three plus years. Uh, love is a beautiful thing. I think that's what we're feeling. So to be honest, Rucker, I think. <laughs> are we talking have... <laughs> about basketball or are we getting real? Is this another podcast? No, I know where you're going with this and but keep going. I, but I think where we can start is I think Rucker and I, we both had the same. We were kind of in the same space walking into the arena. I think both of us were looking for reasons to not like Chet. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't as high on Chet. We had big concerns about his body, big concerns about our competition that he's played against. And then we walk into the gym and we see him on the court and he's not as skinny as we thought. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so the first thing that I wanted to talk about, I wanted to throw at you and get some of your feedback and how you felt. I really liked, I know all game, you kept mentioning the ferocity that he plays with. He plays with like a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's, you know, there's some fierce energy that he's got. And I think that's awesome. And I think the misnomer, the misconception that I had of Chet heading into this tournament was I always thought of him as this like really cocky, full of himself ball is life mixtape type of kid and then you watch him in warm-ups you watch him shoot around and he is not that at all mm-hmm. it's this very quiet confidence that he has and that he kind of struts around with it's not cockiness at all and you see it on the court too he doesn't say too much but i did like how he was communicating with his coaches communicating with the bench but he wasn't really flexing on anybody none of the nonsense just very confident and i think 
you definitely felt the same. Yeah, I think you're bringing up a lot of great points where it's so important when you're evaluating these guys, you know, we can all sit and watch them at home on our computers, everything like that. Until you get in person and get to see how they carry themselves, it's a, it's a different type of world. And, you know, we, we both had the same, like you said, we both had the same kind of vibe going into this first game seeing Chet concerned about the frame i wasn't putting all of my chips on that if that makes sense i just wanted to see the mentality with the frame and i wanted to see Mm. is the frame as bad as it looks right and then and i'm not someone that obsesses over that if you can play you can play but i just wanted to see his mentality and how he kind of still uses that and like i said to you the the moment he walked on the court i was kind of a little surprised it wasn't as skinny as i thought it wasn't as terrifying and then to watch the way he carried himself, his demeanor. It wasn't this, I'm the guy. It was this, I'm up rooting for my teammates. I'm Mm -hmm. up supporting everyone. Even when I'm on the bench, I'm still getting after it. He just carried himself the right way. I liked how he warmed up. Mm -hmm. I know that seems a little old man-ish, but (laughs) I just, he took every shot he was taking meant something right it was something he was working on it was game shots it wasn't just him throwing up mm. floaters or trying to you know go between the legs every single time but he checked a lot of boxes there's a couple times throughout the game me and you kind of looked at each other like oh boy yeah. that's that was an impressive sequence and it wasn't just on the highlights it was just stuff he was doing all over the court you know mm. i'm excited for tonight because yeah. last night i was one of those guys that i thought paula was going to be my one mm-hmm. and watching chet in person just completely shifted my mentality and i was one of those guys that was also terrified of chet Mm -hmm. seeing him in person watching him the entire night i mean if he has a solid performance tonight Mm -hmm. and you know and with about one o'clock in vegas right now he has a solid performance tonight against ucla which i think he will it's it's definitely gonna be tough for me not to get just because I've seen him in person. Right. Now I could change if I see Paulo or stuff. Right. But yeah. what was there anything that specifically stood out to you besides like his scoring or mm. Well, you know, I definitely wanted to piggyback off of what you said yeah, with yeah, the yeah. warm-ups because I think that's when you and I were really kind of blown away. Some of the stuff that he was doing with the ball in his hands, uh, the fluidity, the footwork, the confidence mm-hmm. that he has. Like because for you to be seven feet tall. And for you to be handling the ball, even in warmups, there was nothing clunky or janky or weird about the ball being in his hands. Um, I, everything was smooth. He was doing a lot of the, you know, between the legs, snatch back, sidestep stuff. And he was really making it a point to practice that. And it looked fantastic. And all of the catch and shoot threes, like I remember I mentioned to you when we were there, he hit his first eight threes in a row and it just looked beautiful. You know, it felt very compact. It didn't feel like there were too many moving parts. The gather looks nice and compact and clean and everything. The footwork, that's something that, you know, shots to you, Rucker, that I, you, you helped me to identify and learn. Like when you're watching these prospects, watching the consistency of the footwork is important. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you pointed out to me when we were watching Peyton Watson, where whether he was shooting a three or a mid range, we were seeing some differences in his footwork meanwhile chet he looks exactly the same wherever he's shooting the ball mm-hmm. and that kind of okay like this guy is clearly a shooter but yeah i think warm-ups definitely we saw a lot of that and it was really interesting to see how fluid he was i think the one thing that obviously we're going to talk about different aspects of his game but the f- the first thing that stuck out to me the most was i knew that he was a good passer I didn't know he was this good of a passer. Yes. Because the thing that was so alarming to me, it was like I, I was having very visceral reactions at the game. You, we both were. Some of the touch and the vision and the timing and the anticipation on his passes were unreal. Mm-hmm. Like there was one you and I, we kind of freaked out on where he was in the post and he got double teamed and he could literally just clear vision, see over his defenders and see the guy on the weak side. But it wasn't just about seeing that pass, but he felt the double team coming, had his head up already and anticipated that his teammate was going to be there and threw the ball on target and on time. It, it, it was alarming. Mm-hmm. It really was. Some of the interior passing, the touch, right? All that stuff was so beautiful. He had a couple of passes to like Antoine Watson I think uh, on the in the on the interior one of them led to a foul one of them led to a layup but the touch over the defender that was trying to front him the perfect touch over the top was unbelievable so I, I think that's something that obviously Rucker I think you could talk about next is I think all of that relates to the processing right and that's something you talked to me about last night that maybe you can let our listeners know but it, it was alarming yeah. how quickly and how beautifully this guy processes the game like the feel is unreal the passing and the processing on both sides stood out to me. You know, some of the exact player talking about it, it was just 
composure. Right. It was no panic. It was I the moment that double team's coming, he he's like a chess player out there. He just knows if that guy's coming this way, I'm supposed to go there with the ball. And and it's it's the timing and the quickness with that decision making of no, there's no lull of like read pass. It's just I know where I'm supposed to go right away. Mm. And that's something that impressed me the most. And what I really liked was defensively, you went into that game knowing how good of a shot blocker he was. Right. But just watching him and his processing defensively, I was just blown away. Mm. I thought that stood out to me the most because it was the amount of stuff he was watching when you just watched him on defense, the amount of stuff he was watching and processing at the same time, just so quick. Because you brought up something that was great that I think a lot of people don't realize is the spacing in college is less. Mm -hmm. And while some people think that might be easier to vent, it's almost harder because Mm -hmm. there's more action going on in a limited size on the court. In the NBA, you have that extra spacing and time to potentially react to something. Mm -hmm. And Chet just was watching like four things at once and you could just see his head constantly moving. His footwork defensively was sensational. I thought, you know, you pointed out to me, Albert, which was great when you said it, but his hips were fantastic where he was guarding smaller Defenders, it was just outstanding. I, I, I was very, very impressed. And that's something that I've been talking to you about. Of It's so important to see people in person. Right. You get it's two different types of evaluations. It's two different opinions almost, and that's where you come together. But something also that is just coming to my head. I thought he was fluid on film. I didn't think he was so fluid when we saw him in person. I thought he was way more impressive, like mm-hmm. with his fluidity, like getting up and down the court, right. moving side to side, um, warm ups. He was just. I was like waiting for him to be more robotic and it was just all the smoothness. And I was, it was very impressive. Mm -hmm. I can't wait for tonight because I I joked with you earlier. I said, I need some of the other guys in Gonzaga to have an amazing game because I I don't want to stop watching Chet. So I need somebody else to stand out. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I mean, was there anything you're still not sold on? No. I mean, obviously like he's not a perfect prospect. Right, right, right. right. Like I, I think we talked about the processing, the fluidity, like especially defensively, right? That stuff is there he for somebody who's that thin and tall the mobility in his hips really impressed me like that was actually kind of jarring to see because i fully expected him to not be able to do that like i walked into that game thinking oh yeah like he's really going to struggle i know central michigan their point guard is a six six foot guy who was quick and chet got switched on to maybe two three times and he stopped him every single time and it was actually amazing but there was also one play that i think that lopez kid he kind of had him and he he pulled one of those like snatchback dribbles and he did get Chet going in the wrong way and I think on the next level that difference right like the 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 space that that guy created uh, will be more pronounced when we're talking about NBA level talent so you know that's there like I I don't want people to misunderstand what we're saying we're not saying that Chet is going to be some perfect defender he's not he's going to struggle like can you imagine if Chet had to guard like a Kyrie Irving a John Moran he's going to have his struggles against those types of guys. But the fact that you can at least throw him out there and that he's going to compete and he's going to battle against those types of guys and not be a complete liability is the point that we're trying to make. It's unreal how he's able to do that. So for me, like I I think there was so much to like, there was so much to be encouraged by. And and for us, you know, you and I specifically, I think we were more than encouraged. I think we were blown away Mm -hmm. is kind of the best way to put it because we were expecting not to like him. You know, so I I definitely think after that performance, we're definitely in a very different headspace and super impressed and excited to see. And as you mentioned, and this might be a perfect segue for us, but the matchup tonight is going to be really, really interesting because Mm -hmm. I think you and I are on the same page when we think we don't know if UCLA is going to have the answers to the problems that Gonzaga is going to present, right? Whether we're talking about Chet or we're talking about Drew Timmy or we can even talk about some of the guards that Gonzaga has. Like, we're not sure if they're going to have the correct answers for those problems. But once again, if we're talking specifically about Chet, tonight is going to be a great litmus test for where he's at because this might be the first real competition he has. And then on Friday, he, he gets Paolo. So that'll be fun too. But yeah, man, I, I think overall, there's just so much to like and so much to take away on the positive side. I think tonight's going to tell us everything hmm. about Chet. And I think yesterday was a little bit of an appetizer of us getting our hopes up of, okay, is this is this legit? Is right. this real? Tonight's going to be everything because I, I'm fascinated with how UCLA is going to match up with Gonzaga because 
I just, for some weird reason, think it's a bad matchup for the Bruins. Mm -hmm. I just don't, I'm going through their starting lineups. I don't really know how UCLA is going to counter them. I almost feel like they're going to have to figure out a way to play Peyton Watson extended minutes. Mm -hmm. And I know we're going to talk about Peyton later, but this is the big one for Chet. I know a lot of people are excited for Friday. I know we are, everyone is, but this is the big one. And, you know, I know they played Texas earlier this year. People could say that, but Texas's lineup was more guard heavy. I really think this is the game that if Chet's going to put on a statement, Right. Kind of open some eyes and confirm his status. I think it's going to be tonight against UCLA. Who else did you like from Gonzaga? Because I, I, we don't mm-hmm. have to go into detail about Drew Timmy yet because mm-hmm. I do love me some Drew Timmy, but mm-hmm. I feel like we did some damage there with Chet. Sure. Was there anyone else that stood out to you or that you're excited to see tonight? You know, they've had some guys that have been buzzing mm-hmm. in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. I think we know what Timmy is. He's mm-hmm. just going to be this player that we're probably all going to be fascinated with throughout the entire year about right. like his draft stock. I'm opening it up to you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, oh, well, really quickly, I do want to say with Timmy, yeah, the thing that was awesome to see in person was the leadership. Mm-hmm. He is so clearly the alpha dog in that locker room, but he doesn't do it in a way that is intimidating at all. He is such a fun leader, and you can see his teammates responding to that and really following his lead. So that was really cool to see. And that's once again, that's one of the beauties of being here in person. You get to see the off the court interactions, the warm ups and the pregame interactions. And Timmy just seems like a great culture guy. And so he, you can just see him being on. You mentioned this. He could end up being on the Warriors and just be unbelievable as like their backup center. He seems like he's going to be a guy that gets drafted by an NBA team. And we're all going to be like, what are we doing? Right. What, what, I mean, they just let him have a great addition to their piece. And right. he's a fantastic rotation guy. But I agree with you. Yeah. He is going to be awesome. Not that he's going to be like an all-star or anything, but he's going to make an NBA squad somewhere and he's going to be fun. Um, I really liked Hickman. Yeah, I think Hickman was the one. I went into that game besides Chet, besides Timmy. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to see Hunter Salas. If I said his name wrong, please don't massacre me, NBA draft fans. But there was just some people buzzing about him, wanting to talk about him. So I went to that, wanting to watch him. But I definitely walked away more impressed with Hickman. Mm -hmm. And I think tonight's going to be one of those games where one of those guards is going to need to put up some numbers or just play their butt off. But I was really impressed with Nolan Hickman. Pace, the feel, just... Right. The touch you you brought up to me, like he had a couple of floaters where he showed tremendous touch. He just kept making plays that I was like, that's a nice play. That's a, You know, you just keep nodding. You keep noticing what he's doing. And I, I thought I was very impressed, very yeah. intrigued. What about you? Yeah, no, 100%. I think that's the biggest thing that stuck out to me. Like as soon as he stepped on the court, he went in for this layup against like two or three defenders and he hit it off it highest part of the backboard and it was just perfect and then he had a floater right after that was one of those beautiful floaters that just drops right in there um had a couple layups after that too like his touch around the rim is really exciting and it makes me excited to see him take some long jumpers like i feel like if you have that type of touch around the rim and especially on your floaters that gets me excited about you extending your range out i feel like those types of guys who have i mean look 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 at like an emmanuel quickly like his floaters are just beautiful and he's an unbelievable shooter. So I, that's how I feel about Hickman. I think the point that you made while we were there too about him being engaged is is really important because there there is kind of like a, a nice juxtaposition of him and Salas, right? Which you mentioned where it felt like we kept feeling Hickman in the game. He was either grabbing a rebound or make, making a nice read or getting back on defense or scoring, right? Where Salas, sometimes we wouldn't hear from him for five minutes, kind of like the Tobias Harris syndrome, right? Where we kind of goes missing for a while. And I, I, obviously like Salas, like the skills are there, right? The tools seem to be there. He seems to be really quick in warmups. He was getting up really high on some dunks and stuff. But yeah, like I, I think those two are really interesting. And something that really stuck out to me when we're talking about like a good college basketball team that's going to have staying power all the way through March and make it to the end. I feel like you need guys who are going to be your go to guys, right, which I think they have in Holmgren and and Timmy and even a little bit in Nemhard, Right. But you also need those glue guys. And I think actually Nemhard is kind of a hybrid in that way where he can do big things for the team, but also kind of plug some holes. But the thing that I liked about them the most is they have some athletic bigs like Watson seems to be like kind of your prototypical tweener big in college kind of like six, eight plays power forward for you in college and then ends up not knowing what to do in the, in the NBA and kind of, you know, fades out. They've got Watson. They've got a couple guys there 
I think his name was Strother, right? Was that his yeah, name? Uh, there's just guys yeah. that we're going to say their names wrong in the beginning <laughs> of the year, and I don't want the police to come after <laughs> us on social media, but it just happens. But yeah, yeah, he was the Las Vegas kid. He looked, he mm-hmm. had some flashes. I think we even made the comment that he left the game and saw the box score, and we were like, he had, what, 15? 15, or yeah. And we were like, what? So, you know, little surprise to none. You know, Gonzaga's got some dogs in the, in mm-hmm. the rotation. They had some nice depth. It, that's why those games were important, because even though they might have been lopsided at one point, we got to see extended run with a lot of guys and i think tonight you know like i've said before you never get too high on one game you never get too low the gonzaga guards tonight might completely shift and one Mm -hmm. of them might have a humongous night and we're like okay that's why you've been buzzing lately but i'm gonna be interested talking about guys with extended minutes i feel like we need to talk about mr peyton watson from yesterday because i know you were a fan i'll let you start this off okay and then i'll kind of give my own thoughts but Mm -hmm. peyton watson He's been one of these guys that preseason was buzzing as like a top 10 guy, lengthy forward, supposed to be a playmaking forward, you know, a little bit of an outside shot was raw. Um, We went into this game excited because we thought, you know, maybe it could be a night where he hasn't played a ton this opening couple of games this year, but we thought this could be a game where we got to see extended Mm -hmm. minutes for Peyton Watson. What did you think when we got to see that? So I have a couple of thoughts about him and then I have a question for you because I I kind of want to get questions. They're very ignoring, annoying, and I get to answer them. So I'm kidding. No, no, I I think this is good. So yeah. So with Watson, I think the first thing that you and I touched on, like he walked right by us during warmups and both of us were like, God damn, he's tall. Yeah. Like he was so much taller than we expected. And 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 for our audience out there, uh, Tyler and I, we're not like really short guys. Both of us are like 6'2", right? 6'2", six 6'3". Two, six I, I think you're closer to 6'3". I appreciate that. I'll uh, tell yeah. my girlfriend that. She'll be really comfortable. <laughs> but, but both of us are like 6'2", six 6'3", six and we're walking by and this guy is like towering over us. And we realize like, wow, he is he does not look. Six eight. He looks six nine, six ten. Yeah, someone, he, someone, and I didn't mean to interrupt you. Someone mm-hmm. had said he was six eight, and mm-hmm. I saw him when we were walking in. He hilarious enough. Me and Albert were trying to get there early to watch Watson and warmups. The moment we walk in, he literally walks right by <laughs> us, uh, like the first player we see. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of funny timing. And the moment I saw him, I was like, "That's you know when you're just trying to re- figure out. You're like, I think that ninety percent that's him. And right. then you get on the court and you figure it out it was him. But he walked by us then, and I was like, "That's a." That's a big boy. Yeah. Who is it? I was like, is that Watson? And then he got, walked by us again on the court. I was like, he's not, he doesn't look 6'8". He mm-hmm. looks closer to 6'10". Like right. he was big because you, you saw him walking around with the team, like stretching out. And I was like, no, he's a big boy. And that's what I'm also talking about is difference with being there right seeing it compared to you know watching it on tape but go ahead sorry right. i jumped in on you no 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 no. i mean you're right because like hakez is like six seven and he legitimately looked like watson had like three four inches on yeah him. Like it, he was really freaking tall which this means he's gonna get measured at the draft combine and be mm-hmm. six six and everyone's gonna be like what are you guys talking about <laughs> i'm just gonna be like come on it, i know what i saw so who's measuring these people uh, no he was really really tall was the first thing that i noticed his length is unbelievable mm-hmm. like when he's on the court and he's got his arms stretched out on defense it's unreal it's like he's got it's like he's got broomsticks for arms they're mm-hmm. unbelievably long but i say broomsticks for a reason he's got really thin arms you oh. know that's something that uh rucker was harping on all night like this dude's got the skinniest biceps I've ever seen in my life is what you kept saying. And I just, I was thinking my reaction uh-huh. to Chet, or I thought my reaction to Peyton Watson was going to be what I thought right. about Chet. And I almost went there saying, does Chet have a better <laughs> body right now than Peyton Watson? Mm-hmm. His arms are just real thin, but Peyton's young. Mm-hmm. I could, I couldn't, I'm like you, I could not believe how lengthy mm-hmm. he was. When mm-hmm. he was engaged and in his stance and had his arms up on defense, he just covered like half of the earth. Right. And it was amazing. But yeah, <laughs> it's just, I, I was intrigued. But keep yeah. going. I keep yeah. jumping in because no, I'm no, too no. excited hey. now. It's good. It's good. And and the biggest thing for me is something, you know, shouts to uh, my boy, Corey, the draft dude, NBA draft dude. Uh, Corey, he always talks about Watson's footwork and how it kind of, kind of reminds him of AD. And I think we got to see that last night. The way that he moves defensively, another guy, great hips, right? It moves them really well, moves his feet unbelievably well. When you see him backtracking on the court, getting back on defense, running backwards, it is so damn smooth. I didn't know if I was watching Namdi Asamoa or I was watching Peyton Watson. It was unbelievable how smooth he was going backwards. But that stuff really stuck out to me. And something that I definitely agreed with you that you mentioned, there was definitely a buffering processing 
robotic aspect to him offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, he was definitely thinking a lot. And w- in warmups, we noticed that uh, his jump shot really depends on two things. Uh, dep- it depends, number one, on his footwork. If his footwork is not solid, his jump shot is not solid. And number two is the gather. So off the dribble, he really struggles with the gather. Off the catch, his gather is much smoother and he goes into a very fluid motion and he actually hit it at a pretty decent clip in warmups. And then that actually transferred over into the game where he hit a nice uh, catch off the catch three pointer. And so with Watson, as you mentioned, because of the age and the tools and the situation, I actually am really high on him. Like, I know you're going to talk about some of his warts and some of the concerns that you have with him. But I mean, we have a long history of these types of guys in the league, right? We're talking about like, I don't know, recently we have Tyrus Thomas, Stromile Swift. We get all kinds of like 6'9", 6'10", power forwards, Marcus Bagley, whoever, that it's kind of a crapshoot. And we don't really know how they're going to turn out. But my biggest thing with Watson was, number one, the fluidity. Uh, Number two, I I liked how, and you could talk about this, I liked how he grew into the game over time. And I think offensively, there's more to like there than I was expecting to like. Because I remember like early in the summer when me, you, and Corey did the, um, remember we did that super early pod? Yeah, we did like a very preseason. We did some like list, remember? We did a funny top 10 based on just high school highlight tapes, which I still am angry that you and Corey actually got me to do that. But it was fun. (laughs) It was a blast. It was just like, what am I doing? (laughs) It goes against everything I've ever thought of. No, but it was really fun. I loved doing it. But when we did that one, I remember I was pretty low on Watson. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to like this guy. And then early in the season, there's shown some flash. Then he hasn't played a lot, but we got to see him play a good amount last night. And I'm actually excited because, as you mentioned, he's really young. And if we think about what his ceiling might be, that becomes really interesting. So some might say he has no ceiling. But being <laughs> nice. serious, I watched Watson in warmups and was scared because and I haven't talked to Albert about this. I was scared because I just said, oh, boy, he looks really far away. Like he looks like he's got a long way to go because the body's skinny. I know he's young, but it, the frame is very skinny, although he's got fantastic length. And then just watching him go around shooting drills, he just looked like he was in his head about everything. I thought he was overthinking. One one time he's getting in the uh, catch and shoot sh- jumper and his feet are out wide. The next time they're really close and you can see he's like almost kind of thinking about it right after he shoots like I'm supposed to have it. Then you're hearing the assistant coach yell feet when he gets it and he has his feet too close. Then the next time they're really far and you could just tell after every shot that he's still just all thinking about shooting. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, that's fine because it's early in the year. That might be something they're working on with him throughout. You know, he had some where the rotation was beautiful. He had some where it spun like a damn globe like Mm -hmm. a circle it it was just kind of all over the place so i was like okay he's really robotic offensively he seems like he's trying to figure out the next move before he does it and then the game starts and he gets in he's still a little robotic he gets a big play where i I forget what happens but he gets a breakaway pass he throws down a dunk Uh, bellerman calls timeout and he you just look at him and he was just like pumped up mm-hmm. like all of a sudden just this energy came out go to the sidelines he's slapping high fives with everyone comes out completely different player mm-hmm. just all this confidence was oozing he was making extra hustle plays he was hitting open three pointers like you just talked about he had a couple great defensive plays where he's flipping around a post and stealing and starting a fast break that's when you started getting like okay i'm seeing the tools come out and that's what i was so excited about was i think he's going to be really raw and like you know we talked about this morning a couple people had some mock drafts come out they had watson really low i think people are going to do that right now Mm -hmm. because he's not playing a lot he's not getting these consistent production but i think he's going to be a guy that throughout the second half of the season maybe when the tournament's heating up and he starts figuring out things we might be like oh boy there he is because what he can do defensively is so special and it's funny i never knew that Corey thought about ad with peyton watson i almost got more Giannis vibes Mm. watching him wow 
as potentially like his next position. I don't think he's going to be like the small forward wing that you're saying, go run all these stuff. He kind of moves like this super stretched out four Mm -hmm. that maybe you're putting on the court because he can just do so many things without scoring right now. Mm -hmm. That's the more of the vibes and the role I think he has going forward. I do think with this UCLA roster right now with a couple of veterans back and stuff like that, it might be playing with this confidence just because he's like, I'm not the guy Mm -hmm. offensively. I don't need to be the guy. I'm not going to have the ball in my hand because Hawkes was great. Yu Zhang's going to get his shots up. We very confidently know that. It's just, I was scared at first. I'm very intrigued now. Mm. And I also think my hot take is with how UCLA and Gonzaga are going to match up tonight. I think they might have to play him mm-hmm. because he's going to fit defensively a little bit better than, you know... Juzang and those guys trying to guard Timmy and you know Chet like mm-hmm. I, I just think it's a weird matchup so it was great last night because we got to see some extended run of him and he had a great game he had 19 on 12 shots I didn't even know he had 19 until we left right but I thought he looked fantastic and then when I found out he had 19 I was like yeah 19 mm-hmm. like it, it was just a really solid game he doesn't force the issue he kind of knows yeah. how to play to his strengths yeah you know what I'm saying Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And he even hit some mid-range jump shots. Yeah, that had really nice touch. I was actually really impressed that number one, like, you know what it is, I think with what you're talking about, he can be in his head. But I like that he played instinctually. Yes, those shots, you know, he was he had the confidence to take those shots and he made those shots. And then the three pointer that he took was very fluid you know he wasn't thinking too much he caught it he put it up there it went in and it was awesome yeah so you're right i I think there's a lot to like there and that team as a whole like i know you mentioned juzang and passing and i think you and i are definitely a little underwhelmed by juzang and i think even more so after seeing him in person we're kind of like okay we understand like for me okay i understand why he came back to college but ultimately as a business decision i'm with you i think he made a mistake just because i don't think his stock is going to get higher than what it was last year during march madness but one thing i, I did want to say like physically you can tell he's bulked up mm-hmm. like he clearly added some mass during the off season and i'm sure that's what nba execs were saying to him like hey buddy you got to you got to put some weight on and i think he went and did that good for him but i think there's adding mass and then there's adding functional mass. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think any of the mass that he had it was functional. It didn't look like it helped him getting to the rim, didn't help him getting to his spots. A lot of his jump shots were really hard jump shots at the end of the shot clock type of jump shots that, to be fair, he missed a lot of them. And I was not super impressed by it. And then Hawkes. I think you and I are kind of in love with Hawkes, right? Yeah, I went into this not, I didn't really have an opinion on Hawkes. I sort of on purpose, didn't want to dive into his film until I got here just because I wanted to kind of form my own opinion with the in-person. And I love, I love how he plays the game. I I think that's a guy that an NBA playoff caliber type of team is just going to say, throw him into the mix. We don't care if we're drafting him quote unquote early compared to some people thinking it, they may just say, this guy knows how to play. This guy's going to make whoever he's around He's going to compliment. Just plays the game the right way. I thought they're, you know, UCLA, was, Bellarmine was giving him some problems. I thought Hawkeyes at a point, I was like, this looks like the only damn guy who showed up today because mm-hmm. he just looked like he was trying to do anything possible. He's tough defensively. He just stands out with his mind and his kind of feel. Mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, Juzang, I've just never been able to. And I really, I really want to. I want to get around on him. I just can't. I, I think he's a guy that he can score. I get it. I just don't really know what else he's bringing to the table. I don't know if he's going to be able to, you know, I saw him struggling against all of respect to Bellerman, but he's struggling against some of those guys and some of the shots he was taking, like you said, I was like, ugh. and, and then he did make some passes mm-hmm. throughout the game that I said, that was a heck of a basketball play. Like if he could showcase that, that he's not just this one dimensional scorer that he also has some stuff he can do the rest of the game. Like that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. If you could, try to find another skill that's going to come out. But Hawkes, mm-hmm. I'm definitely, because I know you and Corey have talked about him on the draft act. Mm-hmm. And I know Corey was high on him. And I just hadn't watched much besides the Villanova game. And Villanova game, I was like, okay, fine. He seemed like a solid guy. Is, is he going to be just a guy that's really good in college? Or was he going to be someone that I thought could be at the next level? And then when I watched him in person, saw him come out, he was much bigger than I thought he was going to be, just bulky and height-wise. And I just liked how he played the game. He was kind of in composure mm-hmm. throughout the game. So I think he's going to, if UCLA's going to have a shot tonight, he's going to have a big game. 
And I also think tonight is a big game for Hawkins because mm-hmm. we're going to find out how he does against some tough opponents. It's going to be fascinating. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I think with Hawkins, the biggest thing that stood out to me, I didn't know he could pass the ball like that. I was pretty surprised by that. He made some really nice reads out of some junk plays too, you know, off of loose balls or whatever. He just made the right reads, found the open guy. I, I, I think the processing is another thing. Like he's another guy. You talk about the, the one dimensional aspect of a Johnny Juzang. The thing that I love about Hawkins is he's a multi-dimensional player. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who's going to offer you some shooting. He's going to offer you a little bit off the dribble as a secondary guy. He's going to offer you a lot defensively. Like I, I had some notes on him defensively. Like I think he's an absolutely really interesting defender. He moves his feet really well. Uh, he's strong physically. I, it's something that I texted Corey last night. He was he was actually the first person that walked by me because you were in the bathroom uh, relieving yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but um Hawk has walked by me and I was actually kind of amazed by his physicality. He looked like Gordon Hayward 2.0, like his physical body, big old chest, big back, you know, nice shoulders, biceps. He walked by and I was like, wow, like he's he's built. And you see it on the court defensively too. He gets his chest into people. He has strong legs. He's really physical, really good help defender as well. He he went up for some blocks yesterday and just straight up being there and being present as a help defender. Um, also loves mixing it up for the boards, which was really cool to see. There was one where he came from behind the Bellarmine guy, like seemed like he had the rebound. Hawkins just ripped it from him, got the offensive board. And I was like, wow, this guy is no joke. Not just on the offensive boards, but defensively too. He's getting down there. He's getting dirty. And so, you know, once again, just going back to what you were saying, like he makes, he can see the game. He's processing the game. And that's what's interesting about him and makes him so enticing i'm guessing to the scouts and executives he will be I, I could literally see this guy being a late lottery guy if he keeps playing this way like i could why not a team at 14 looks at him and goes i'll take this guy like even for like my knicks i would love to see hawkes on the knicks like really quickly for the knicks this year i i i, I feel like i feel like i'm on this mountain by myself but we are bleeding because of the loss of Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock was far and away our best perimeter defender. Like, of course, he he has limits, right? He got torched by Trey in, in the playoffs, but he was kind of the point of attack for us defensively. And now that he's gone, we're struggling a little bit. We're not the same defensive team. I look at a guy like Hakez, he could be a really versatile, important defender for a playoff contender type of team, like you mentioned. So I'm really high on him. I'm more high on him after seeing him play live. Shouts to Corey because Corey was the first one who really put him on the radar for me because Corey loves Hawkes. And then to see him live, to see him in warmups, he's a guy who has a lot of swagger. You see it the way that he carries himself during warmups too. He's just kind of jumping. He's vibing to the music. He looks really confident, plays the same way too. So I, I was definitely really, really impressed by Hawkes. Yeah, I, I don't think the idea, you know, some people might have heard your comment about having him in the lottery. I, I don't think that stuff's so absurd just because the lottery is always, when you get late in the lottery, those teams are always rolling the dice of almost hitting a home run because they're saying, we're not picking in the top seven, we're picking 13th. Who can we take a swing for the fences of and almost get value of the above picks? The which Giannis, I, right? Yeah, and which, I, you know, Giannis is mm. the outlier. I mean, the exception because you got pretty much a future hall of famer at 13 or whatever you got picked but it's not always that way what you should be trying to get is a guy that's going to help that team move the needle forward it doesn't need to be a gigantic move forward it just needs to be forward like the indiana pacers took chris duarte despite the fact that he was 97 years old Mm -hmm. that everyone was freaking out about but it shouldn't matter the age it shouldn't matter your you know how much upside you have if if you are convinced that that guy can can help this team be better you should not worry about the drafts i mean we right. talked i've talked to nathan before and tyler in one of the podcasts about cameron johnson being picked mm-hmm. 11th for the phoenix suns and everyone kind of jumped on that and it was like well he's helped them move forward as a potential title contender now so i think when you get later in that hawkes looks like a guy that could be an important piece to the puzzle for a team that needs to try to get to that next step. And that's the type of player you're looking at with him is he might not score 20, but he also might come in on in the rotation and have eight and six on, you know, four of six shooting and played really smart, tough basketball, made winning plays. I, I definitely 
see that type of role for him moving forward. We'll see how the year progresses. Mm-hmm. We never know if all of a sudden he can hit the stretch where people are like, hey, maybe we need to talk about him moving up boards. Maybe he needs to go a little earlier. It, it's a it's a fun time of the year because it's a lot of overreactions right now. Right. It's a lot of people freaking out about slow starts. And I definitely think if you always look back at the preseason, the early mocks or the big boards, and then look at them at the end of the year, they're always so drastically different. So yeah. No, I, and I'm with you. And for me, with Hawkes, even if he doesn't go in the lottery, wait, mid, late lottery, whatever, I think he's worthy of it. It's mm-hmm. kind of where my head's at. Like, yeah, sure, teams will do what they'll do, right? They're going to take their shots. They're going to do whatever they can to whatever they think is best with their team building philosophy. For me, after watching Hawkes, he feels like a guy who should be in the lottery is how I feel. And if he doesn't make it, he doesn't make it. That's how I felt about Maxi couple mm-hmm. years ago I you know this was before no ceilings before draft deck but I had Corey on as, as a guest and Corey was one of my biggest guesses ever on my own personal pod back then I was like Corey like I, I think Maxie's a top 10 guy and he's like I'm kind of with you you know and and so you know to see Maxie playing well now and he obviously didn't go in the lottery that's kind of how I feel about Hakez right now like I he may not go in the lottery and a lot of teams might end up passing on him and I think a lot of teams are going to regret it because he's the exact type of guy that you wanted on your team next to a superstar he's a great number two a great number three and every good team needs guys guys like that so yeah that's kind of where i'm at at hawkes and overall dude i think that was one hell of an experience you know and tonight we get the super matchup between bellarmine and central michigan <laughs> we can't wait for that matchup and to see what that looks like but uh, albert couldn't get that out without a straight <laughs> face but no i mean tonight's gonna be fascinating who knows maybe we'll be too pumped up and we'll try to do like a post reaction pod or something but tonight's going to you know last night got my hopes up if you want to put it that way tonight's going to kind of put those into realistic results Mm. if I'm even describing that the right way I don't know I have excitement about Chet from last night and from what I've seen before throughout the entire year because obviously we've been following him but tonight if he has a big performance it's going to probably wake a lot of people up in a big way and I'm still I, I I don't know. I, I don't know if UCLA is going to play him a lot, but I think they're going to have to end up playing Watson just as mm-hmm. a defensive weapon. Who knows? I think Johnny Juzang could try to shoot 90 times tonight. <sighs> Hopefully he makes at least half of them. Um, <laughs> what about anything else in the college basketball world? While I have Albert here, mm. it's pretty fun. Just been talking college hoops and stuff. Is there anyone you're intrigued by? Is there anyone you're wanting to see more on? Is there mm-hmm. anyone you're struggling early in the year to get excited about? Like, mm-hmm. let's just have an open Open mic NBA draft time. That's what okay. we're, we're going to call this. I just thought of it on the spot. People Open are already mic. calling me for the name rights. <laughs> so what are you thinking? And I'm just going to go uh-huh. right back and forth with you. I mean, usually stepping up to an open mic leads to some sort of disaster, right? Some really bad spoken word or some really bad stand up. But, you know, I'm here to give you guys some fire. Yeah, but I'm here. So it's <laughs> not going to be bad stand up. And I'm not being cocky. It's just I'm, spe- I'm spitting hot facts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyways. No, it's someone that I'm intrigued by that. Uh, full disclosure, I have not seen him play a full game yet. Only seen, seen highlights. Keegan Murray is exciting to me. I, I, I've heard so much about him. It seems like everyone on tra- NBA draft Twitter is talking about him. He's a guy that sounds intriguing. I love like guys of that type, right? So I, I'm excited to watch him. Will Richardson is a guy that I talked about that I was able to talk about with Steven on the uh, Draft Capital pod. Um, he's someone that Steven kind of put me on to and I've been watching him, him and I'm actually going to drop a column uh, this week, actually, and he's going to be one of the main people that I talk about. He's interesting. You know, lefty, he's now carrying the playmaking responsibilities and duties for an Oregon team now post Pritchard, post Duarte, right? So I'm excited to see him progress this season and something that I wrote about a lot is there are real warts to his game, things that he's going to have to work on. But I am intrigued. And of course, like for me as, you know, for the resident Korean American on the uh, No Ceilings team, got to talk about my boy Hyunjung Lee, who was on the first team for the tournament that Davidson just played on. He averaged like 17 points a game there. He's shooting the ball lights out again. I think he's at like 43, 44% from three already. Last year was a quietly, very quietly, was a 50, 40, 90 guy for Davidson playing alongside Kellen Gray who's now moved on to Kentucky. But Hyunjung Lee is a guy that I'm really excited about and I really want more to be out there about him because he's a guy that I really think NBA teams are going to be intrigued by. He's a 6'7 wing who can shoot the hell out of the ball and he's a really good passer. Like he's actually a really underrated passer and I think teams are going to really enjoy that aspect of his game. He plays within himself. He's a team player who can really shoot the ball well and gives you gravity that way as a shooter, you know, and I think teams are obviously he's not perfect you know he struggles defensively he's got heavy feet defensively but 
you know, at six, seven, you sometimes your height makes up for it is kind of how I feel. But maybe I'm just being biased. But um, yeah, he's someone I, I, I really enjoyed so far. And obviously, the Duke guys have been a lot of fun to watch. And we talked about it a little bit last night before I fell asleep. Um, yeah, classic Albert <laughs> guy doesn't know how to do Vegas the right way. He just falls asleep early. Like, Man, I'm getting pretty tired. I was like, it's 11 o'clock. <laughs> But hey, I don't even remember falling asleep. I give him a pass. Yeah, Yeah, man. That's kind of how I feel right now. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of different names. Like sometimes I forget how many damn college teams are out there. Um, Jabari Smith, right? Unbelievable start to the season. He's interesting to watch. There's just so many damn names. I I feel bad. Like I can't even mention everyone. Uh, The dude from Duke, Keels, right? Mm -hmm. Trevor Keels. Is that his name? Yeah. He's he's something. Right. He's definitely going to be something. I know I saw this morning that he got mocked to the Knicks and I, I'm down. Give me a Marcus Smart who can shoot. I'll take that. Right. Shout out Marcus Smart. Uh-huh. We stand Marcus Smart. And in, in you my do. Life. Yes, I do very much. <laughs> but yeah, like overall, it's it's been an exciting, exciting season. This is like my first real season, like heavy, heavy scouting college basketball this early. So, you know, that's something you and I talked about yesterday, too. Like it, it, all this feels new and exciting. And there are a lot of fun prospects to break down and i'm excited to keep learning and keep finding out about these guys that i have i know nothing about like keegan murray i'm like who the hell is that you know and i'm learning about him now so it's it's been a fun experience man murray's definitely heating up in a hurry he's just putting up production you can't really ignore i need to watch more i've watched some i've i've been intrigued when i watched him you know, he's got good size, 6'8". I struggled immediately. I was like, is he a power forward or mm-hmm. is he a power forward that wants to be a three? I think he's going to be a power forward. He, mm-hmm. he just got a smooth offensive game. Nice little feel. He's never in a hurry. He should probably keep being a popular one, especially if he produces against some tougher competition. Right. That's just going to, you know, cement and get people's attention. You know, all the guys you're talking about are definitely names that you're wanting to keep an eye on. I think we kind of are all paying close attention to the big names, but I'm trying to kind of dive all around and look at guys that maybe have a chance to climb. I know mm-hmm. some people are a little nervous about Caleb Houston's start. I'm not too nervous. Yeah. I think that'll be a stretch. You know, Michigan's just struggled out of mm-hmm. the gate. Mm-hmm. That happens. That just happens with teams that get those preseason top 10 expectations. They might struggle to find their group. So I, I think Caleb Houston's going to be fine. I'm not worried yet. I think it'll come around. I still like him as a prospect a lot. Wendell Moore's shocked me. Mm-hmm. One of those guys out there. Wendell Moore shocked me this year with this kind of flip the page, completely different type of prospect than we saw in the previous years. I'm trying to think who else. The big boys are always fun. Mm-hmm. Kendall Brown has been fun. Kendall Brown is exactly who I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. I really think we need to start watching him. I'm actually, you know, Albert handed on his piece that he's going to do. I think I'm going to do a little bit of a film breakdown on YouTube with Kendall Brown, like just talking about what he can do on the court. He's he's a fun one, especially after last year. I'm not I think people are going to do this. I'm not saying it, but I think people are going to say that he reminds them of Scotty Barnes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just there's a lot of stuff he can do. And there, I liked his maturity with his shot selection. He kind of knows he's not going to be a guy that takes over a game from outside, but he can get places and get his shot. So I, I've been really impressed with Kendall Brown. I think he's going to be one that we're going to start talking about in a quick hurry about a, as a lottery guy throughout the year. I'm trying to think who else, you know, it's, it's hard because now I'm just so fascinated with the crop of guys we have here. The point guards around, I need to figure out. I think this point guard class is going to be a little weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know about J.D. Davison. I have to watch mm-hmm. him way more closely. Kennedy Chandler's really impressed me in the beginning of the year. He kind of had a little bit more of like a mm-hmm. comeback down to earth game against Nova. And then he kind of had a little bit nice of a bounce back game against Carolina. Mm-hmm. I'm still very intrigued with him. Mm-hmm. You know, we got guys, you know, Montero. We got right. Dice Daniels got some serious <laughs> buzz today, which I, I think gave all of us a little bit of a stroke. Mm-hmm. Like I, we saw him a couple places, top 10. I was like, goodness what then tyler can we do this yes can we do whatever we want we have an open mic (laughs) let's continue off the conversation you and i had you and i had yesterday so yesterday i was asking rucker because you know i'm I'm just i'm just trying to pick his brain right now trying to pick up on the scouting trying to get a a glimpse of what he looks for right and Mm -hmm. so when i i I think we can bring it to the pod and 
continue the, the discussion here. What are some of the things that you're looking for when you're looking at guards? Because you just mentioned the point guard class seems to be kind of wide open and we've got a couple names there and we don't really know who's going to take, you know, take this position by the horns, right? And be the, the PG one or whatever. What are certain things that you're looking for as a scout when you're looking at college guards? Because it's something that we talked about with like a Juzang or Corey and I, we talked about like a, a, a Mateen Cleaves and how he was able to leverage a good tournament tournament run into being like a top i don't remember he got drafted i don't remember where he got drafted but it felt too high um but how how what are you looking for when you're looking at college guards because you can get definitely get lost in the sauce a little bit and find yourself over evaluating these college guards and giving them a little bit too much credit than they actually deserve so just kind of wanted to pick your brain and kind of share that with the listeners here what are certain things that you're looking for when you're thinking about translatability to the next level Mm -hmm. uh, from a college guard everyone you know i'm going to try to ignore the obvious of like okay if i'm seeing him in person i'm looking at body types measurables hands you know it's just you're trying to get a physical profile basically when you're seeing them in person but when i'm watching on the court i want someone to be in control i know everyone loves to fascinate about speed i i'm guilty of it too like when when speed speed kills you know that's what they always say right there's the De'Aaron fox in college there's the kira lewis jr there's guys that just explode and, but there's also guys that understand that that speed doesn't always have to come out right away you mm-hmm. don't have to go zero to 100 you can play with control play with pace i also when i'm watching a young guard say like a point guard specifically if they're struggling shooting like how else are you impacting the game mm-hmm. is your team all over the place are you doing a good job of setting things up are you out of control you know and then you start checking those boxes like can he can he attack through the lane can he if he wants to get somewhere can he there or does he struggle and have to use four counters to try to get somewhere in college where you're like okay you know are the tony allens and the avery bradley's in his primes and those guys gonna give absolute nightmares i'll just say reggie bullock just because you just mentioned him (laughs) earlier but there's just a lot of different things and i also like to see guys not be too sold on the fact that they have to score. Like Morant was a fantastic prospect me because he made his team so much better Mm. and it wasn't just his scoring he made some some reads and had some trust with his teammates that you were like my goodness that pass was incredible i just want to see a guy take that team to the next level as if you're a primary ball handler like shooting guards different position where it's it's if you don't have the ball in your hands how are you making impact are you active off the ball are you trying to do things to make an impact without recording a stat you know i've talked to metcalf about that it's like you don't always have to make a stat to impact mm-hmm. so like if the gut if off guards are willing to do the dirty work of setting back screens or right. they look like they give a shit on mm-hmm. defense where they're competitive and you know that's a lot of stuff i would say my also one of my personal favorite things to do is i love watching a guy in a close game at the end you find out a lot about them yes i always fall for the guys that say give me the fucking ball i'm mm-hmm. taking over and those guys that can do that where it's not just taking over scoring, it's taking over, I'm going to make a play for this team. Decision making. Yes. Yeah. Decision making. Just have that it factor. I think that's something I always look for of like throw on the tape when it's tied with five minutes left. I want to find out a lot about this guy in a hurry. Like, does he, does he kind of, you know, tread water in the corner or does he want to be like, I'm active. I'm chasing boards and making plays defensively. I'm trying to do anything I can to win. So it's a long process. I think I talked to you last night about, I always want to see a guy pop off the screen first right or pop, like get my attention right away with something he does mm-hmm. um you know we, we talked about that gonzaga game last night i told you i was like i really like that bolton kid mm-hmm. Rasir bolton and uh, you know his senior transfer from iowa state but he just kind of jumped at me right away and he kept making plays played with poise played with pace knew when to push knew when to kind of get his shot mm-hmm. like take what the defense gave him so you know that answer's a little all over place but no. there's just a lot you yeah. know you're that you're thinking of when watching every position that's different and guards there's a lot of quick guards in college basketball there's a lot of quick guards overseas being quick and fast and knowing how to use that speed right. i think is just an entirely different conversation or specialty if you want to put right. it that way right yeah no i i think what you're saying spot on and that's something that i i think that i after you mentioned that to me yesterday i feel like i'm i'm trying to incorporate into what i'm watching as well like i think what you're talking about the whole floor game 
aspect of it, right? Beyond the counting stats, beyond taking shots or whatever. What else are you doing on the court, right? The kind of the minutia that can kind of get lost. I think that is really, really important. And something that I really agree with, because that's something that I think of when I'm trying to evaluate like a guard going into the NBA. Do you have some high highs? Like I need you to pop for me. Like You have to flash some stuff because I think the way that I think about college recruiting, sorry, NBA draft processing, scouting, whatever, I always try to remind myself that these kids are not finished products. And so if I have that framework where these kids are not finished products, then all I really need to see is what could you potentially become? So if you can hit this high in college, I have my hand raised above my head right now. If you can hit this high in college, that makes me think a more refined version of you can live in that space. Right. So that's something that I always think of, like, as I'm watching a college kid, like, yeah, this kid, he's going to make a terrible decision. He's going to have a defensive lapse. He's going to miss something. He's going to miss a pass. Even last night, Holmgren, for all the praise that we gave him there a couple of times that he missed a guy who was wide open under the rim, whatever. Those are fine. I can live with that because that can be coached out of you or something can be coached into you. Right. The thing that I that I need to see is what are your really high moments? And if you can flash something that no one else can flash. That makes me think in the right situation, in the right context, with the right coaching and the right opportunity, you can start to live up there consistently is, is kind of what I, I always think about when I'm thinking about these prospects. So yeah, man, I, I'm with you. And and there were some guys last night that hit really high and that make you think, okay, if he can reach that now once or twice a game, then in the NBA, if he can do that eight to 10 times a game, we're talking about a different player, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, I'm with you on that, man. It's also when you're watching those guys, you want to see if they make a mistake, what's correctable, what's not. You know, if a guy's driving and Watson's on the left wing and he doesn't float down to the corner mm -hmm. to replace and give him an easier passing angle, you can fix that. You can point that out on table like, hey, you're supposed to move with this give this angles or it's an easier shot. That's stuff you can fix. You know, other stuff you might not be able to fix. It might be just the lack of effort. It might just be a lack of awareness. Maybe you can bring it out to point it out on tape. You never know, but you're, you're always looking for the little tiny details. And I, that's why I thought yesterday was an important game for Peyton Watson was exactly what you're talking about. Like the highs, we saw him have some highs. Now he could play 12 minutes tonight and not really do much. Right. He could struggle to play next couple of games, but we're always going to be able to go back to that high of like, okay, when he had extended minutes, we got to see the flashes. And then maybe the flashes develop down the road this year when he gets some more reps, more confidence. And then you get to tie those early flashes back together. I want to see the potential more than I want to see someone averaging 25 for the next four games. Like, yeah, that's awesome. It gets us really excited. But I also like to see whenever things rolling, how does it measure compared to the rest? Like when you're seeing his best game, how is it? And I also love... And this is just me because I'm a psychopath, but I also love watching guys' worst games. Mm, yeah. Because I'm I'm basically at a point where I say, you went two for 15? Awesome. What did you do? Mm. How else did you impact? Did your team suffer? Did you, you know, sulk the whole game? Right. Or did you just say, shit, my shot's not falling. What the heck else am I going to do? Mm. Did you end up getting six assists where you're usually not a distributor? Did you say, I'm going to play great defense and kill it on the boards? There's just so many things you can watch and pick up and try to focus on that all goes into the process because it's just it's not pretty it's sloppy it's ugly everyone has their own system but there's a lot that you have to watch you know yeah yeah, man, I, I'm 100% with you. And I think it comes down to kind of like the hardware software discussion, you know, certain guys, they have the hardware, mm -hmm. and all you need is to in incorporate the correct software. And you know, what's funny, though, that I've been thinking about a lot recently, I think a lot of times when we think in those terms, people think of the hardware as being athleticism, where you need to have a certain level of athleticism, and then you put the software on top and it becomes better. I actually don't agree with that premise because for certain guys, their hardware is their brain. Like you, you see a guy like Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy is not a freak athlete. He has a brain and the vision that other people don't have. And so the software that you want to put on top of that is some of the skills and maybe you improve his body and whatever you can build upon that, right? So it's not necessarily just the athleticism piece of that, but it's also the other end of the spectrum where it could be be the brain, right? Which is kind of how I feel about Hawkes. You know, Hawkes is a guy who has the brain, but also has the athleticism. And that's why you, the 
amalgamation of the two, the hardware, so- hardware software becomes so interesting. Meanwhile, a guy like Ju Zhang, he doesn't seem to have the athleticism, number one. Uh, he can't really separate and do a lot with that. But then also even like his processing, I don't think is as high as Hakez, which kind of puts that roof or that ceiling uh, above him when we start to project a guy like him. So it's a bit of maybe someone will call me out of it. I will take a brain and mm-hmm. awareness and anticipation and feel over athleticism any day. Me too. I, I don't even think it's that close because you're talking about athleticism. Larry Bird, Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. I don't need an elite athlete. I need a guy that understands how to play the game of basketball. Right. And those guys were everyone's doubt about Luka was, yeah, but he's not that good of an athlete. He's not that fast. Mm-hmm. He can't really jump. And it's like, you're right, but he's two moves ahead of the defense every time. And he makes these fantastic plays and he's super shifty and quick with his deci- you know, decision making. Mm-hmm. And he was just an absolute nightmare. And then you're talking about other guys in the NBA that just have like the similar skill set that just play with their mind and they're so fantastic and you know Steve Nash was a guy that was just unbelievable basketball mind um I'm blanking on guys that I was just thinking of right now, but yeah. Charlie Ward, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, shout out Charlie Ward. No, but mm-hmm. Halliburton's a fine athlete. Yeah. But he's one of these guys that's so good with his mind that I was just like, mm-hmm. he's going to figure it out. I just always think people chase athleticism. Right. Because it's so fun to watch a guy jump above the rim and have his head above the rim and dunk on everyone. That's great. I also think if you look back, there's a long laundry list of guys that were drafted because of crazy athleticism that just never figured the rest of their game out because I've talked about this before is when you're a great athlete in high school you're the best athlete on the court like 98% of the time then you go to college if you're a freak athlete you're probably going to be still one of the best athletes then you go to the NBA that athleticism level is catching up with you big time so you have to figure out to have another skill and some guys just say oh, I'll always be able to get away as an athlete I'll, that's going to be my advantage and it's like yeah you might be true but there's also guys that have that with more skills in the in the mm-hmm. bag so it's always interesting it's always a good debate but i actually am proud that you made that point so well we're rambling forever we gotta finish eventually finally get ready for mm-hmm. this bloodbath tonight and it's been a blast doing this with you for the last you know 48 hours and such mm-hmm. in honor of tyler metcalf always doing this i thought it'd be fitting to continue to do one of his segments he always does so what tyler basically asked all of our podcasters our guests is what is the best thing you've seen last week where whether best performance so it could be individual, team, anything you want to talk about. I basically just ignore Tyler's question and talk about something that I want to talk about. But you can do whatever you want, Albert. So I might do the same. Does it have to be basketball? Yes. Oh, we're a basketball God. podcast. If I you tried something. to talk to me about soccer, I'd literally throw <laughs> this entire setup out the window. No, I, I, I wanted to do some pop culture and talk no, about we're succession. Not, but that's no, fine. we're not that's talking fine. about pop culture. This is basketball. <laughs> Hoops only. <laughs> no ceilings has to give me a pod. That's what it is. You guys have to give me a pod. No, we're, we're not talk giving, about the nonsense. No, because you're going to talk about some terrifying <laughs> stuff that we do not want the internet to have right. to associate us mm. with. Basketball. What do I want to talk about basketball? Okay. You know what? I want to talk Anything. about. Uh, look. This I, is your safe space. Yeah, I'm going to stay on brand. I People, talked about the NBA last week. Right. You talk, do you want to talk about the Knicks? Let's talk about the Knicks. Okay. Okay. Let's like, talk about the okay, Knicks. Okay. It has to be quick. That's the rule. Really quick. It can't be 12 hours. I'll be really quick on you this You might one. not have a lot of viewers to listen to the end of that one if it's 12 hours. The Knicks need time to gel is my point. Um, Shout out to Nathan. Did you just hear the sentence he just said? They need time. They need time. Sometimes everyone it just takes needs time. time. It takes time. Time after time. Um, <laughs> the Knicks need time. Is I, like, I know Knicks fans are freaking out because they're 9 and 8 right now. Some of the basketball we're watching is not pretty. We've regressed incredibly defensively. We haven't had our stable of centers together yet at all, like healthy. We haven't had them. Either Taj gets hurt or Mitch gets hurt or uh, Nerlens Noel gets hurt, who was relatively healthy last year. I'm kind of shocked right now. But anyway. They haven't been healthy. Fournier still needs to kind of find his footing on the team. I, I kind of don't understand why we're not running more pick and roll with Fournier and Julius because I just like that dynamic between the two because I think Fournier is a really underrated passer, good shooter off, off of that pick and roll action. And, and then also likewise, like I feel like if you catch Julius in the short roll, I think he can, he's better at making decisions than he's given credit for. And he showed, he proved a lot of that last year. But I, I think overall, there's a general, we're not, there yet 
chemistry wise. Kemba is another interesting piece of this puzzle. And I I don't think Kemba's fully integrated himself yet into the offense and kind of they're figuring out roles and stuff like that. Meanwhile, the second unit who played together most of last season has been unbelievable with Derek Rose and Alec Burks and Obi Toppin is his growth in year two has been unbelievable. Quickly has been playing really great the last couple of weeks. So that second unit has been so much fun and we've been closing games with them because they've been, you know, they're on the same page right now. I, I, my, I'll try to keep this short here. I just really want Nick fans because the thing that's frustrating with Nick fans is we've been so gloom and doom for all these years. We finally have a good team. And the second something goes wrong, we're ready to jump ship and freak out. I'm like, guys, we had years of this team being bad. Let's be a little bit more patient now that we have a decent squad, right? The fact that we have this influx of talent now where we were able to bring in a Fournier, we brought in a Kemba Walker, we brought in, you know, these draft picks who aren't playing yet, but I think eventually could have a position on the team, whether it's this year or next or whatever. We need to be a little bit more patient. Right. I, I don't think the the billboard outside of MSG was we're going to be title contenders this year. That's just not the realistic situation that we're in. Let's enjoy the team that we have. Let them build chemistry. And by the end of the year, if we're the sixth or seventh seed, we should be happy with that. This is a strong Eastern Conference, and that's kind of what I wanted to say. I will be very quick on all that you said because I might <laughs> just have you on the backcourt pod to talk about the Knicks. But my only thing I would say to Knicks fans is you just shocked the basketball world last year with yeah. how good you played. You were going to have a regression. Yeah, Just buckle up because yeah. it's so hard for any young team to have rapid success and then all of a sudden duplicate or improve on that success when you're so young. Mm-hmm. I know they brought in some veterans, but they brought in some veterans that have had some up and downs. Right. It's going to take time. If the Knicks finished as a five and six seed, I know that's not what Knicks fans want to hear. I think that would be a very good year for them. Right. Because it's so... Look at what Atlanta did after last year. They're also struggling. Correct. It's just so hard to duplicate that when you don't have... like I. I love Derrick Rose more than anything. Mm-hmm. Randall's great. Right. They have some nice vets, but the team is mainly used. It's just going to be, it's going to be a little bit of a battle, mm-hmm. a bit of a roller coaster all year. So one last point before I go that I wanted to make, what you're saying is so spot on Rucker because. Thank you. I look, think I'm pretty smart sometimes <laughs> too. Thank you. Look at the dichotomy between what people were saying about the Hawks last year and this year. Last year, you look at the Hawks roster, look at the depth on this team. Right. And then this year when they're struggling, look at the narrative. Do they have too many guys? It's so funny how perception can be so different from reality. Last year, they're being billed as being a deep team. This year, they're being billed as a team that has too many guys. Right. And in the same way with the Knicks, last year, we were nobodies. We were the underdogs. We made it really, really high. This year, we're being billed as one of the top dogs in the East. Can they be in the top four? Blah, blah, blah. And now where they're struggling now is everyone's freaking out. So for the fans out there, you know, I, I, I don't like putting fans in tears. I know a lot of people like doing that. The gatekeepers out there like to be like, Oh, you're not a real fan, whatever, blah, blah, blah. For me, my only point to Nick fans, Nick's nation as a whole is don't let the narrative and the perception that's put out there by the media mess with the honest evaluation of the squad is kind of what I want to say. Right on, right on. So what was the best performance? <laughs> <laughs> me. Okay. The best performance was, was me. Was your rant about the Knicks. <laughs> okay, anyways, so that's going to wrap it up. I'm Tyler Rucker. I'm joined by Albert Gim. It's been an absolute blast here live from Las Vegas. Hopefully we make it out alive. If you guys aren't following us, we're at No Ceilings NBA on social media. And please subscribe to our Substack. It's noceilings.substack.com. We have sensational team of writers who are producing content every day. They're on fire. I'm really pumped about this team of guys we have so far. Eh, you know, we're going to the moon. The, the next stop is the moon, maybe above the moon. I don't know. We might try to break another galaxy, but it's been awesome. I'm so pumped for UCLA Gonzaga tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to be, I don't know what to do with my hands. We might have to do a pod later. I have no idea. Albert, anything you want to say? Yeah, no. No, before I go, just want to say, Rucker, appreciate you hosting uh, the pod today. I, I do want to say for somebody who um, is 
really new to the industry and somebody who I like for why, why am I talking about myself in third person? I, I feel like I'm learning every single day. Um, and every step of this process has been such a blessing and so eye opening and, and humbling for me. I, I do want to say for our listeners out there, Rucker has been an unbelievable like mentor to me. Um, he's been so encouraging every step of the way, even on this trip. Anytime I have a question, anything I'm wondering about, he's been really gracious about giving me great answers and sharing his perspective on things. And so Rucker, I did definitely wanted to not just thank you here on the pod, but I've thanked you in person too. But yeah, man, I think what we're building here at No Ceilings is really, really fun and exciting. And we know we've got, as you mentioned, an all-star cast of people on this team. The squad is unbelievably gifted and diverse, I think, is what makes us really interesting. So yeah, just want to thank you for having me on and thank you for the mentorship and the help and everything, man. So it's been it's been great. And I'm excited to keep pumping stuff out there, you know, so whether it's pods like this or articles or whatever. So absolutely. It's been fun and we're all learning and that's what it should be. It should be about us all getting better and having more fun talking about the draft. I appreciate you being out here, Albert, too. This has been a blast. You guys all be safe out there. I hope that tonight's bloodbath gonna be special and this has been a very fun time so be safe you guys have a great thanksgiving week and we will see you next week peace